0: This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. We all know that running is good for our mental health, but can it be good for our spiritual health as well? And what exactly is the difference? Spiritual health can be defined as finding peace with your life despite difficulties. It's an understanding that there's something greater out there than yourself and what you can see around you. It's also about caring for and nurturing yourself and your sense of purpose. Some people find spiritual health through religion. Others say they find it while doing something they love that gives meaning to their lives, like running. And still others use both. So how can you transform your running into something more meaningful, even if you're not religious? Let's explore how. Welcome to The Planted Runner, I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's show, we are going to have a conversation with runner and Anglican priest, Martha Tatarnik. We'll cover how running can transform from a punishment to a source of deep meaning, how reflection while running can make you better at your job and a better parent, and how you can use spiritual concepts to quiet negative thoughts and keep your head calm when running hard. This conversation is a little different and more reflective than most of the topics that I cover on this show. And if you like it, please let me know with an email to claire at theplantedrunner.com. At the end of the episode, right after the Mental Strength Minute, I'll reveal this month's winner of our Apple Podcasts Review Contest. One lucky reviewer will receive a signed copy of my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition. If you'd like to win your own copy, write an Apple Podcasts Review today. I choose a new winner every month. And now here's my conversation with Martha Tatarnik. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Martha. Thanks so much, Claire. It's great to be here with you. So you and I have something in common. We both started running to lose weight and we both hated it for a while. Can you tell me a little bit more about this and what changed? Yeah, you know, I think about
1: like growing up and gym class and uh, running was really treated as a punishment, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was Mm -hmm. kind of the thing that you were given. You had to do laps if, uh, if the class wasn't behaving and um, running was like always treated as the, the hard thing that you had to suffer your way through. So I guess I totally bought into the idea that, uh, if I wanted to have a particular kind of body and be a particular kind of weight, then probably I needed to suffer a little bit, That there was kind of an element of punishment in that. And, you know, I think a lot of how we view weight loss and body images is um, as if it's a battle. Mm -hmm. So like I took up running um, because that seemed like something that, a person with no hand-eye coordination could do <laughs> <laughs> that was somewhat athletic, and uh, and it turns out that like punishment isn't a really good motivator. Like, right? As much as I thought that I wanted to have this particular body and I wanted to lose weight, um, it wasn't a really good reason to get up in the morning and go out for a run and. I think what changed is a lot of like, there was a lot of luck involved in how that changed. I did keep running because I just sort of built it into my schedule. I would often like leave my car at work. So I would either run home from work or run to work the next morning. And I would like leave myself very little choice in the matter because I I had to get to work but I hated it. Like I hated the whole process of, of running and I would be kind of half hearted about it and like walk Mm -hmm. a lot of the way and it felt really painful and punishing. But the thing about running, if you sort of uh, allow your mind to slip for a little bit is that you can get into that moment of like self forgetfulness Mm. and And I just had this moment of like running to work where I let the thoughts of pain and punishment go long enough that I just sort of forgot myself. And when I came back into it, I realized that I felt really good and that I was actually enjoying this. Like I remember the moment. I remember where I was. I remember how I felt and running has been different for me ever since. Like that was the game changer because suddenly it was like, oh, I could do this because it feels good.
0: (laughs) Mm. You certainly have to get to a point in your fitness where running feels good because running doesn't feel good (laughs) at the beginning, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know? So do you think it was you getting fitter or something else? Yeah, I think that it was probably getting
1: fitter. I think it was kind of setting up the habits so that I stuck with it long enough that I could have that moment of actually getting into a rhythm and having that opportunity to feel good. I think that, uh, I think developing those habits are a big deal in running because it does get you through a lot of the parts that don't feel good so that you can experience the times that do feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've written about some of the times that don't feel good um, in Canadian running. You, I often use the phrase, the first mile is a liar. And you say something similar about the first 10 minutes. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I I always say the first 10 minutes are the worst. And I if anybody
1: wants to get into running and is asking me for advice, that's always my first bit of advice is just know that like the first 10 minutes are going to be awful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been running now for, you know, 15 years or so. And, and it still always feels that way. Like it still always feels like I start out and I don't know why I'm doing this and everything (laughs) kind of feels off. And I can think of a million things I'd rather be doing. And I can think of things that I wish were different and like, should have eaten more or I should have eaten less or i you know, should have slept mm-hmm. more or why is it raining or you know whatever <laughs> yeah and uh and like it always feels like i have a stitch in my side it always feels like i need to go to the bathroom even though i just went like <laughs> like you really have to get past that first 10 minutes of all of the mind games that mm-hmm. that you end up playing um in order to get that adrenaline flowing and get into that rhythm and, um, and allow something to, to start to click. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I've kind of realized over the years, like, it's not especially that I like running. It's particularly that I like long distance running.
0: Ah, okay. Like
1: I, I'm definitely not a sprinter. I'm definitely not somebody who's going to try to break any 100 meter records or whatever. <laughs> like I, right. I really like the process of having to settle in to a run. Mm-hmm. Are you still running to work? Yep, yeah. yeah. I still run regularly to work. That's part of that like habit that I just kind of build into my life.
0: Nice, nice. And and what you do for a living is uh, kind of important to the conversation that I want to have today. And that is about running and spirituality. And, you know, pretty much everybody knows that running is good for your mental health, helps clear your head. Um, but you take it a step further and you connect it to spirituality. So why don't you tell everybody what you do for a living and how running is connected?
1: Okay. Well, I am an Anglican priest in Canada. So the Anglican church is kind of uh, the parallel to the Episcopal church in the United States. And I've been in ministry for the past 20 years. I would say that over the course of those 20 years, running has actually become kind of the most important spiritual practice for me Mm. in terms of keeping my life together. But also I think in terms of being able to do the job that I do, Mm. I regularly subject my congregation to sermons about running and (laughs) I have to always like preface it by telling them that I'm not expecting them all to become runners. But there are just too many good metaphors to to not share with them <laughs> i think in terms of like spirituality it's easy to think about the spirit being something separate from the body mm. but for me i think that my experience would be that like becoming more embodied is a pretty big part of how i experience A meaningful spiritual life what do you mean by that well I think that it's hard for me to understand spirituality apart from relationship you know how we're connected to one another how we're connected to the world around us and for me how we're connected to God but I think that it's pretty hard to really appreciate our connection to one another and the world around us Apart from being in our bodies, like to say that, that we're relational people is actually like a biological statement before it's a spiritual statement. Like our bodies can't function apart from being in relationship with the world around us. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's, you know, getting really grounded in my body that helps me to feel more well mentally, emotionally, and spiritually,
0: too. So maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is that when we run, we feel things in our bodies that that everybody feels when they run. You know, we, we all feel like we hate the first 10 minutes. We all feel that's running's hard at times. We all feel great after a good run. Is, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, I think that's part
1: of it. I think part of it is also just getting in touch with like how reliant I am on like the air that I breathe in and the the nutrition that gives me fuel and, you know, the support of the networks around me. I think that the things that I do in order to be well in my body allow me to better care for the people around me. So Mm -hmm. like sort of all of those components end up like feeling pretty viscerally real when I'm out for a run. Mm -hmm.
0: How does it uh, make you better at work?
1: Um, I think that there's a really big component of not just reacting to everything that, that comes at me. There's a, A lot of different aspects to the job that I do, and there's a lot of emotion in the work that I do. There's a lot of caring for people in really difficult circumstances, uh, helping people navigate sickness and loss and death. And that emotional weight can feel really, really heavy at times. It can be really easy to I think become very strained emotionally in the work that I do and Mm -hmm. just having that built-in time to, to pause, to Mm. reflect, to process, not just to react, not just to survive, not just to kind of get through, but actually like take that step aside in order to, let things settle, let things become meaningful to listen.
0: Yeah. I imagine that in what you do, caring for others, being the voice of for others that you don't get a lot of me time. So, you know, being alone and going out for, you know, half an hour hour run has, um, some healing effects. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's, uh, it is a job where, um, you do have to be on a lot of the time and, uh, very extroverted, very, well, public facing. There's a lot of public speaking that's involved in the job. And, uh, I wouldn't say that any of that is sort of how I would default to spending my time. Sure, <laughs> I think I can do it and I can do it well, but like having that time to, to recharge my own battery. And as you say, to have that time out, it's, I think I have run with friends and I have run with running groups and there are really great things about doing both of those pieces. And, you know, the social aspects of running can be really rewarding, but I wouldn't ever be able to do that to the exclusion of just that Mm -hmm. like alone time.
0: Yes. Yes. I hear you. I'm definitely a solo runner most of the time myself, so I get it. Um, how does how does running help you become a better parent?
1: I, I think that uh, as a mom, I've had mom friends say to me that if you're not feeling guilty, then you're probably just not thinking about it hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when your kids are little. My kids are teenagers now, but especially when they're little, it does feel all consuming. And it feels Mm. like, like parenting culture is kind of set up to make us overthink, I think, every component of what it is that we're doing for our kids or not doing for our kids. And, you know, screen time and nutrition and what we feed them and Mm -hmm. uh, outdoor time and social time. You can just drive yourself absolutely crazy trying to figure out what you should be doing and so yeah like it can feel like the wrong thing or a selfish thing to Mm -hmm. take time away from all of those responsibilities for yourself i think i've been lucky to have mentors in my life and i think of one in particular his name is kevin and he's about uh probably has about 20 years on me in terms of pastoral ministry and leading churches. And he said to me, like I'm gonna say about 10 years ago, he said to me when I was struggling with with the guilt and like, should I be doing this? And what how do I justify this time? And he said, you know what, like it is so good for your kids to see mm-hmm. you looking after yourself and his take on it especially was it's really good for your son to see you do this it's good for boys to see their moms not just be their servant not just yes. be kind of at their back and call and i think i would disagree with him in saying that like i think it's equally as important for our girls to see for sure to see that self care is part of being a responsible adult and, and like a really necessary component in how we care for others.
0: We'll be back with our conversation with Martha Tatarnik right after this. I'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about nutrition. You are an athlete and that means most standard nutrition advice isn't meant for you. While most Americans are struggling with trying to eat less and move more, for most runners, it's the opposite. When you're training hard, getting in enough to support your training is the first goal. Getting high-quality nutrition at the right time is the second. And that's why I love Nurify by Prevanex. It's the only plant-based protein powder that uses high-quality brown rice and organic yellow peas that's smooth enough to dissolve in just water. It's so delicious that even my teenagers are blending it into smoothies for breakfast every day. So yeah, we go through a lot of Neurofy around here. I'm happy they're starting the day off right with a perfectly balanced meal, and they're happy mom lets them make a milkshake for breakfast. Here's the cool thing. My friends at Prevenix are giving the Planted Runner listeners 15% off your first order of Neurofy Plus with the coupon code PR15. So head to www.prevenix.com and use my code PR15 to get started today. That's prevenix.com and use my code PR15. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for
1: everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.
0: This is the planted runner. I'm coach Claire Bartholik. Let's get back to my conversation with Martha Tatarnik. Yeah, cuz you're not just a parent, you're a human being. You're an individual and you can go after big goals, you can take care of yourself, you can achieve things and and yeah, it's like put your oxygen mask on first before you help others and running kind of is our oxygen mask.
1: Yeah, I really like that. It's definitely an oxygen mask, but I think that it, it has that like dual role of not only um, helping us care for ourselves, but also like teaching something really important Mm. to, to our kids. And like my son is now at the stage where he's into running and Uh, um, he can definitely lap me but (laughs) but he'll sometimes go out for a run with his much slower mom and like it's nice to see that direct influence as well that like he thinks that this is important and valuable and he wants to build it into his life you know I think that my daughter she's not a runner but I think that she respects and uh and feels good about seeing me set goals and go after them. I think that is really meaningful to her and to her as a blossoming feminist.
0: She, she thinks <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My, my daughter is 12 and she just started running with me. She's on the cross country team and that has been such a joy for me you know and i didn't push her into it she came to it on her own but now we run together and it's like ah the dream (laughs) yeah i (laughs) know it is the dream yeah my Mm -hmm. son
1: and i did every now and then decide to do like a running streak together you know Mm -hmm. like a 30 day at least run a mile every day and like that's so fun it's Mm -hmm. so fun getting to do that together
0: You know, in some of your writing that I've read from you, you often talk about being grateful and understanding how privileged you are to be able to run and to have such great support. And while on the surface that sounds great, we should all be grateful and we should all understand that not everybody can do this. Sometimes that's easier said than done. And, you know, you brought up guilt before, you know, yeah, well, maybe we are privileged to be able to do this. So that makes us feel guilty for doing that. So I'd love to hear more about that and how you practice gratitude.
1: Yeah, again, like in the work that I do, I think I'm very aware of how we need to be grateful for our bodies and what they can do and not take them for granted our bodies can do pretty amazing things, and if you had told me ten years ago, if you had told me five years ago that I would ever like run a marathon, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> um, like there, there's just kind of this amazing capacity that we can tap into in our bodies, and at the same time, like they're limited. Our bodies <laughs> are limited. We get injured. Our bodies do break down. They don't live forever. I, I think it's maybe easier for me to keep track of some of those realities in the work that I do because as I said like I help people kind of navigate that fragile part of life a lot mm-hmm. of the time. I do try when I go out running to to take a moment to say thank you when I start out to to remember that this isn't punishment to speak mm-hmm. back to that, narrative that I think is pretty baked into how we grow up thinking about running and to realize that it, even when it doesn't feel good, and even when I'd rather be doing something else, and even when the training doesn't go the way that I want it to go, that it's still a pretty amazing gift to be able to get out there and put shoe to pavement.
0: Mhm. So so how was uh your marathon was that just recently? Yeah, I've I've done 3 now. Okay. Um
1: so I did my first one in 2021 and that was a COVID marathon. Mm-hmm. So that was um with like a homemade route and mm-hmm. a, a homemade team of people cheering me on along the way. <laughs> and then uh and then this past spring and 2022, I did actual planned marathons in Ottawa and in Niagara and they both went well as in like, I finished them and felt amazed that I could do that. And hmm, there are things that I'd like to get better at and to, to work on and maybe reach out to you about some <laughs> training plans and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the sense of accomplishment is astonishing. Like I yeah. just, I never thought I could do it. So.
0: so do you struggle with any kind of negative thoughts or any kind of negative self-talk when things get hard when you run? Are you oh, able to yes. transcend?
1: <laughs> I, I am very well acquainted with negative self-talk. It's amazing to me to be talking to you today on this podcast because it was a podcast that you did in COVID with Matt Fitzgerald uh-huh. um, talking about ultra realism that became like such a rallying point for me in training, but also in life. Like that was just, that was pivotal for me. And his talk about, Seeing, accepting, and embracing what's actually happening Mm -hmm. is kind of a point that I come back to again and again. In ministry, in running, in relationships, we spend so much time worrying about what's going to come next or wishing that things were different. Mm -hmm. And that goes for running, and it goes for work, and it goes for parenting, how we are with with people, like finding that alternative, that switch that you can kind of flip Mm -hmm. to, uh, realize, okay, I'm caught in the wishing and worrying again. Mm -hmm. So like what is actually happening and what am I going to do about it? That has been like enormously empowering for me as a person. And it came at a time when I was, as most of us were, I think, like I was really struggling with how to get through the pandemic. I was struggling with how to do the work that I do when suddenly everybody was separate from one another. Nothing felt good. Wishing and worrying was absolutely what had taken over. And, you know, being able to use that framework for training, that was when I decided to take on training for a marathon at mm. that time, that ended up kind of getting me through the pandemic. like it ended up being the thing that kept me in ministry, I would say. Wow is
0: radical comp- acceptance. <laughs> yeah
1: radical acceptance. I like I feel like that was it was that combination of taking on a really big physical goal. And then having to navigate a mindset in order to take on that physical goal, training for a marathon, that also just like allowed me to stay in the work that I do and soldier through the pandemic and, and figure out how I was going to be.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. So what kind of advice would you give somebody who maybe is new to running or is still in the slog part of running? How can we make our running actually more spiritual?
1: Well, I, this isn't going to sound like a very spiritual answer to start with, but I would say, first of all, make sure you have the right shoes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Good. Cause like, it's hard,
1: it's hard to feel like transcendent when your knees hurt. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that was like a really big, um, piece of advice that helped me unlock, like staying and running was (laughs) actually getting my gait assessed and getting the right shoes. Um, so yeah, that was kind of number one, but like once you're in the right equipment, um, I think that, uh, I think realizing that the negative self-talk is normal. It doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do this. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's not going to feel good. I think that's a really big piece of advice that, uh, that I have found really helpful. I think kind of the other piece that's been like really important to me and that I would share with other people, like I'm a very naturally competitive kind of person and I like to be the best at things. And I would say that for a long time, that was why I uh, avoided athletics is because I'm not like naturally athletic. And so I didn't like doing something that I wasn't naturally good at and where like I was never gonna be the best. But what I've really found in running is that like I'm not diminished by somebody else being better at running than I am. That's right. I can learn from them and they can help me through some of the difficult parts and like I don't have to feel embarrassed because somebody is faster than I am mm-hmm. or knows more about shoes and equipment and pacing than I do like I can I can tap into that wisdom rather than feeling diminished by it mm-hmm. and uh, like I would say that's kind of the other piece that I would always tell people as they're starting out and running is, like lean into the community part of it, even if you're a solo runner, like there's just such a pool of like wisdom and support out there that can make it possible. And I feel like I've come to an impasse a number of times, especially earlier on, because again, like my memory of gym class growing up wasn't that there was ever any sort of instruction about, like how to run or if you weren't naturally good at it, how to get better at it. It was just sort of like, go right, run laps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we'll see who runs the most. Um, But like you can learn, Mm -hmm. you can learn how to become a better runner. You can learn how to get through like those impasses of injury or knees hurting or, you know, fueling problems or whatever. Like,
0: you don't have to figure it out alone,
1: even if you're running by yourself.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Well, I think that's probably a pretty good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, Where can listeners connect with you, Martha? Um, On
1: social media, you can look me up, just my name, Martha Tatarnik. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. uh, And... I I do have a couple of books that I've published. Um, one of them is, is particularly about that uh, journey through COVID and burnout and ultra realism. That's called Why Gather? And uh, my other book is about our relationship with food and our bodies. And so running comes up quite a bit in that book, too. It's called The Living Diet.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll have all of those links in our show notes. Martha, thank you so much for being on The Planted Runner today and sharing your journey with us. Thanks so much, Claire. Before we get to the Mental Strength Minute, I'd like to announce this month's winner of our Apple Podcast Review Contest. It's Night Owl3 who writes, great podcast, so useful and inspiring, five stars. Great ideas for runners and useful tips. Love all the guests and tips for success. Thank you, Heather from Montana. Okay, Night Owl 3 or Heather from Montana, your mission is to email me at claire at theplantedrunner.com with your shipping address and your signed copy of The Planted Runner will be on its way. If you'd like to win next month, all you have to do is write an Apple Podcasts review. I read every single one and choose a new random winner. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute, fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is radical acceptance. When we face difficulty in life or in running, it's in our nature to wish it weren't happening. When things are good, we often worry about the hard thing that's about to happen. Radical acceptance means letting go of the wishing and the worry and accepting whatever is happening in the present moment. If you're in a tough place in a workout, accept that this is hard right now, but it's temporary. If you drop a gel in a race, accept that it's gone and don't spend energy worrying about your fueling. Radical acceptance doesn't mean that you just stop pushing when things get hard. It means freeing yourself from the past and the future and keeping your head calm right where you are. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple podcast review. So be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach. And it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to
1: fuel your adventures.